You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. If you take your Bibles, don't stand yet. Turn to John 14. John chapter 14. For those that aren't going to YouthCon, we'll, we'll be having a meeting next week after the evening service. And so I announced that in class this morning. But for those teenagers that don't share their handout with their parents, I am now making you aware. Parents, we do have a meeting next week uh, after the evening service. Um, so if one of you could be there and then your teenager, that would be great. Uh, so I, I am thankful for the opportunity to preach. I, I don't ever take that for granted. I don't take that lightly. Um, and as Brother Chad said, if you're a guest here, uh, then come back, come back and hear our pastor, and, uh, and I know it'll be a blessing to you. Um, then also, just, just an encouragement to our church family, uh, if, if you've been thinking about the Jets uh, over the past week or, or praying for them, then I encourage you to, to let them know. Send, send them a text, uh, an email, give them a call. They, they don't have very good reception uh, in the mountains, and so they probably won't get a call, but, but shoot them a text, give them a, uh, shoot them an email, or a, a note, as Brother Chad said. It may take a while to get there. Uh, but but give, them, give them some encouragement. Um, Pastor has said it before, but, but that's one of the biggest encouragements to him. Is that, that when he's gone, when he's out preaching, to know that his church family is praying for him uh, is a big encouragement. And so uh, don't just text him that you've been praying for him if you haven't been praying for him. But start now and then text him. Let him know. And, and the whole Jet family as well. Um, I know, know it would be an encouragement to them. Um, so go ahead and stand. We're going to be in John chapter 14. <clears throat> John chapter 14. Uh, I've preached this text before, um, but I was in this text during my Bible reading this week, and, and something different stood out to me, and I just couldn't get away from it this week. And so I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord can use the same passage in, in different ways, different times in your life. And so um, I hope this can be an encouragement to you tonight as it was to me this week. Um, so John chapter 14. We'll begin reading uh, in, in verse 6, John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. This is the key verse tonight. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm thankful for the day. I'm thankful for just the, the encouragement it has been today to be around your people, to be around my church family. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for how you use a church family just to, to be an encouragement and to be a help. And I, I'm just thankful for it, thankful for Eastside Baptist Church. I pray you'll be with the preaching tonight. God, I pray you speak through me, speak in spite of me, 
And I pray help me to uh, speak clearly and, and to be concise and to, to, to bring only what you would want and, and what you've spoken to me about. And so I, I just pray that you'll bless the preaching tonight and bless our response. And I pray that we will be willing to respond if you speak to us tonight. It's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so last week... Um, we had the opportunity to have Jeremiah and Abby Unruh with us for, for the week. It was a blast. We, we had a great time. Uh, obviously, whenever you get one of Brielle's sisters with her, uh, she almost changes into a different person. You, you'd have to see it in person. Um, it, it's, it's pretty shocking, to say the least. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and Jeremiah and I go, go uh, a good ways back. And so it was just a good, it was a good week. It was an encouraging week. Um, but we, we took them around uh, Sioux Falls to show them some of our, our favorite places here, and they loved it. Uh, when I took Jeremiah to Shields, it, he, he, his mind was blown. He loved Shields. I love Shields as well. Um, but he, he just thought that, that was the, the best thing ever uh, and kept going on and on about how awesome it was. And once I told him that, that I felt like it was the, the Chick-fil-A of, of sporting goods stores, and he loved it even more. And, and I, I agree. He, he's a big Chick-fil-A fan. That's why we get along. Um, we, we took them to a lot of different places. We took them to Falls Park, um, and they thought that that was awesome as well. And especially Will, Will, their, their little boy, loved throwing rocks and, and loved the water and everything. Um, but they were going on and on about how beautiful it was and how cool it was that, that we had this, the, these cool falls. And, um, and, and I, I found myself thinking, um, you know, going back to the time whenever I first saw Sioux Falls, whenever I first came here, and the first time I went to Shields, the first time I went to uh, Falls Park and the Palisades and, and all, all the different places, especially for me, the Big Sioux Disc Golf Park, that was a big one for me. I, I was in awe. It was awesome. Um, going to Mount Rushmore. And, and when I saw those things for the first time, it was great. And, and it was awesome. I loved it. They were all so new. Um, and especially the Falls Park. It, it was so green. Now it's not so green, it's a little brown, reminds me of Oklahoma. Um, but it, it was so green, so beautiful, and, and I thought it was great. But now, now we've lived here for over a year, and we spent you know, a few summers ago here, so really adding up to a year and a half, almost two years. And um, you, we, we live right by Falls Park. You drive by and you're like, ah, there, there's Falls Park, pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's okay, I guess. Um, but, but you, you, you drive by those things, you, you go to the Palisades, which you haven't been there, you should be there, it's pretty beautiful. Um, but you, you, you almost forget how amazing it was that the first time you saw it. You, you can have a beautiful piece of God's creation, and yet it almost becomes commonplace. That can happen with, with a, lot of, a lot of things in our lives. Things that, that used to inspire us, things that used to uh, amaze us, don't anymore. It, it becomes commonplace, it's not really a big deal anymore. You could almost call it mundane. It, it's, it's just, it's mundane. Um, and we're going to look at a couple examples in the life of Philip tonight um, where he has had almost that same kind of mindset. Some things had started to become mundane in his life. So just to give you a little bit of background to John 14, the, those, those, three chap, those three chapters, or four chapters, 14 through 17, is known as the Upper Room Discourse. Um, this section comes directly after the Last Supper, and, and Christ is continuing to teach his disciples uh, in the upper room. 
So this is just a, a little bit uh, before Christ's crucifixion, before Christ is about to be crucified on the cross. And this is a very, very important time for the disciples and for Jesus. So we, we get to verse, verses 6 and 7 here. <clears throat> and Jesus is trying to build the disciples' faith uh, back up after, after Thomas uh, is doubting. In Thomas' question in, in verse 5. Well, Jesus has already predicted his death. So they're asking a lot of questions. They're asking a, a myriad of questions because they, they didn't quite understand it all. And, and their faith is, is really being put to the test here. And it's, it's really about to be put to the test when, when Jesus is about to die. Um, but a man that they had been with, that this man, Jesus, that they had been with for a long time, for over three years, was about to die. And they were concerned with that, and rightfully so. But some of the questions that, that they were asking began to reveal a lack of faith in what was about to happen. A lack of faith in Jesus' plan. And that was the case for Philip. So look at, look at, uh, look at verse 7 again. He says, If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Christ is, is addressing the group of disciples. And, and he's basically saying, he says, I am, I am God incarnate. Christ is claiming full deity and, and equality with, uh, with the Father. And, and a lot of people, and even in this time, a lot of people would place the perception on Jesus that he was just a good man, that he, um, he was just a, a carpenter's son. Um, and and he, he was a good man, but he's also the almighty God wrapped in flesh. Um, some have the, the view of Jesus as being secondary, that, that he's secondary to the Father. Um, but, but I'm thankful that, that Jesus so plainly and simply states, he says, if ye know me, if you know me, you know the Father. And if the disciples had truly grasped who Jesus was, then they, they would have known the Father as well. They would have known what he was saying. They would have believed what he was saying. But even though, even though Christ so plainly states that and states these truths, then Philip still isn't satisfied. Philip is wanting more. Uh, have you ever been in a meeting where uh, after the meeting, then someone raises a question, raises their hand, asks a question that has been discussed the whole meeting? And it, it's, it's almost as if, as if the whole group just collectively puts their heads in their hands and thinking, oh, this is not going to end well. What are you thinking? We just addressed this the whole meeting. Uh, I've unfortunately been on the, the wrong end of, of some of those meetings. Um, some dumb questions. And, and this, is, this is kind of how I feel like the disciples were, were probably thinking. Even though they were struggling, I think they were probably thinking, Philip, what are you, what are you saying? Um, because look, look at it. Philip says uh, in, in verse 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. But Jesus had just answered this question. He says, if you know me, you know the Father. He's, he's, he, is, he is equal with the Father. He's known the Father, but, but it's not enough for Philip. And at, at, at one level, Philip and the disciples really do know Jesus. And, and in the Son, they have seen the Father, just, just as Christ had said. But they, they don't necessarily realize it yet, and they're, they're not believing it. So Philip is basically asking for direct access to the Father. He, he wants to see the Father. He wants to see God. And here in Christ, in Christ's response to Philip, you, you can sense the disappointment in, in his voice. You, you, can, you can hear how disappointed he is. Look, look at verse 9 again. He says, 
Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? You know, Philip, Philip had, here, here, here's Philip and the disciples, though, those who, who were most loyal to Christ, those who had spent, uh, who had spent most, most of the day, most every day with him for the past three and a half years, they spent day after day after day with Jesus, and yet they're still wavering in their faith. Now, you, you would expect that from, from an unbeliever or from a, a baby Christian, but not from, from such a, a loyal group of people during such an important time, after they'd spent so much time with Jesus, and yet they're, they're doubting. They're, they're not believing. So then Christ continues in, in verse 10. He says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. So, so again, Christ is just trying to shore up the disciples' faith. He, he's trying to build up their faith, their faith by reminding them first of his words. He's telling them, the, the, the words that I speak to you, these truths that I'm giving to you, they, they, are, they are from God. They're God's own truth. This is truth. You've got to believe what I'm saying and if you do, then you're, you're not going to struggle in your faith as much. You're not going to struggle in your faith as much, Peter. Uh, Peter. Philip, uh, Peter too. But Philip, speaking directly to Philip, but, but it, it wasn't just the words that Jesus was wanting to use to strengthen the disciples. That should have been enough. Jesus' words should have been enough for the disciples. But, but Jesus gave them more. Look at verse 11. He says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me... Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. He's saying, if, if you don't believe that I am one with the Father, if you don't believe that I am God incarnate by my words, if, if your faith in me can't be strengthened by what I'm trying to tell you, then believe, believe me for this. Believe me for my works. Believe me for the miracles that I've done. And I love how simple that is and how simple Jesus makes that. Now, we, we could dive, dive deep into theology and go into all the theology of that. We can, we can dive deep on apologetics, and, and we should study those things out, absolutely. Um, but there, there are times where sometimes we just need it simple, and we need it as plain as possible. And we need it where, where Christ makes the Christian life, as far as what to do, simple. And that's what he does here. He, he says, just look at my works. Just look at the things that I've done and believe. Even if you can't necessarily understand the words that I'm saying, look at how I've worked. Look at how I've worked in the past. And as Philip and, and the disciples' faith is, is wavering, as they understand that their, their friend that they've been with for so long is about to die, and he, he, is, he is told them that he's the only way, that he's going to prepare a place for them uh, in heaven, they, they're wondering where exactly that is. They're, they're wondering, okay, what, what's that going to look like? Who's the Father? Show us the Father, and, and we'll be satisfied. And if you sum it up, this is Christ's, Christ's response. He says, he says, disciples, listen, look at me. If, 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 if you should just, just look at the works, look at the miracles I've done, and if those aren't enough to, to strengthen your faith in what's about to happen, strengthen your faith in my plan, what I have laid out, then... It, Though you may not understand it all, you, you still ought to believe. If you, don't, if you don't believe me for my words, for my works as well, 
then, then I don't know what else is going to work. My mind goes back to, to verse 9. And, and this is, again, this is key to, to this, this whole point. And, and, and uh, Jesus says, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou, hast thou not known me? You know, I, I, I think about that and pair that with, with the, the works that Jesus is talking about in verse 11. He says, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. You know, Jesus says, Philip, disciples, listen, you've been with me when I have performed things that, that have never been done before, ever. Uh, Philip ha has firsthand been, been with Jesus when he's doing these miracles. And, and specifically, we can, we can look at one uh, in John 6. So go over to John 6 very quickly. John chapter 6, this is the feeding of the, the 5,000. And we don't really have to go into much background. I think we, we mostly all know this story. Um, but John chapter 6, Jesus is spending some time with the disciples, and he sees that there's, there's this huge crowd coming, and, and they're, they're, going to need, they're going to need to eat. And so Jesus asked Philip this, this question. Um, go, go to verse 5, verse 5 of chapter 6. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what, what he would do. Christ is, is asking this question um, basically to, to test Philip. Really trying to, to test Philip's faith and the disciples' faith and, and how they were going to feed that many people. So look at, look at Philip's response to, to this test. Um, he, says, he says in verse 7, uh, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Well, for Philip, it, it was basically pointless to, to discuss this. And it, it was pointless to, to figure out where they're going to get bread because, because he, he's thinking, like in, in, in our chapter, John 14, he's just he's stuck in the present. All, all he can see is the, the, the questions, the, the doubt that he has. He wasn't thinking about what Christ could do with this. He, he, wasn't, he was thinking in, in a much more material way. And in a much more fleshly way, in just thinking about the present, he's thinking there, there's no way that we have enough money to feed five thousand people. Yet Christ performed the miracle, and and Jesus did the miracle. He he feeds everybody. He the, the needs were met, and and you would think after seeing a miracle like that, seeing it firsthand, and and Jesus testing Philip firsthand, that Philip and the disciples could trust Jesus. And be satisfied with, with anything and everything that Jesus did because of what he had just done. Because of the miracle that he had just performed. But you go back to our text in, in John 14. And, and the faith is, is still not where it needs to be. You know, they, they had seen 5,000 people fed with, with hardly any money. And they still doubt. They've seen all these miracles. So I, I come back to the question that Jesus asked again. He says... <clears throat> Philip, you, you've been with me for three years. You, you've seen my works. You've seen me feed the 5,000. You've seen me turn water into wine. He, I've calmed the stormy sea. I, I've raised a dead man back to life. I've walked on water, and you still aren't satisfied. How, how are you still not satisfied, Philip? You're not believing me for what I'm saying. You, you, you're not believing me for my works. Why don't you have faith in my plan? And I believe it's because Philip has fallen to this, this mindset that we talked about in the beginning. 
And, and it's something I want to call the, a mundane miracle mindset. A mundane miracle mindset. Philip and, and really the, the rest of the disciples had become so caught up in the present struggles, the questions, the doubts that they had, that they had forgotten the miracles that Christ had done in the past. All those things that, that, that Christ had done with them, all the things that he had taught them, it had just become commonplace. He'd been with them for so long, his miracles had just become mundane. They kind of just got used to it. You know, they'd literally seen Christ miraculously provide for some incredible needs. And yet it's almost as if those miracles, they, they just completely forgotten them. They were commonplace. They say, ah, yes, Lord, you, you raised the dead man back to life, but I, I don't know if, if you can come through this time. It's, it's, they're mundane miracles. You know, I, I think about our lives. I, I wonder if, if, if Christ asked us the same question that he presented to Philip. And, and, he's, and, and we're caught up in our, our present struggle of faith. And we're, we're struggling to have, have faith in God. And, and he says, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me? You aren't trusting my plan. You're not trusting my, my, will, my will for your life. You aren't satisfied with, with what I've provided you. You know, many times it's, it's then that you realize that you've fallen to the mundane miracle mindset. You've become so focused on the present struggle, the things that you're going through, the trials that you're going through, that you've forgotten the, the works that, that God has done in your life, the way that God has worked in your life in the past, the way that God has worked in this church's life in the past. You become so focused on the present struggle that you neglect the miracles that God has done in your life in the past. Now, it's like Philip in that m many of us have had a relationship with the Lord for, for many years. We, we've been in church for years. You've been probably here at Eastside for years and years and years. We've seen Christ provide day after day after day. And yet many times we, we still doubt that, that God is going to come through in the present struggle. This, this trial, this struggle that we're going through. And he's, he's come through, he, he's helped us come through the past struggles. He's helped us come through the past. He's worked in the past, and yet we still struggle. But it, it's, it's not that just, just because we can have faith in God's plan, just because we, we can trust God, doesn't mean that, that, we're, that we're not going to go through struggles, or that we're going to struggle through, uh, through our faith. You know, even if Philip had faith in Christ's plan in, here in, in John 14, it doesn't mean that, that he's not going to go through the struggle of, of Christ's death and Christ being crucified. But his faith, that doubt, could have, been, could have been strengthened by focusing on what Christ had done in the past. And the same goes for us as today. We can become so focused on our present struggles in, in, in many areas. And I'm just going to mention a few. You, you can become so focused on your present struggle in your finances. You know, it could be that, that you're living paycheck to paycheck, not knowing how you're going to get, um, get ahead, not knowing how, where the money for the next bill is going to come from. Maybe things are so tight, you, you, you can't do anything extra. And it, it's becoming old and tiring, not being able to do some of the things that, that you want to do. You don't know how it's going to work out. But if you look back and you see how... Christ has provided for some little things. How Christ has provided for, for your tithe, for bills in the past. 
and how God has provided for this church in the past, then that can help struggle, help strengthen your faith in your present struggle. When you look back and see how God has provided for you, even in the little things. You know, what, maybe, maybe it's addiction. Whether, whether it's pornography, drugs, alcohol, bitterness, technology. You can have faith that because God has worked in your life in the past, you can, you can look at the victories that he has given you in the past and realize that he can do it again. He can give you victory again. That doesn't mean that, that you don't have to put in the work or, or that you're going to struggle. But you can have faith that if you're following his plan, it's going to lead to the best result. If he's done it in the past, he can do it again. Let how God has worked in your life in the past strengthen how you're, how, how you're going to do it in the present. Strengthen your faith in the present. Maybe in, in your marriage. The, the disagreement you are having in your marriage right now most likely isn't the first one that you've had. Um, you can look back and see how, how, how God has not only provided strength in past struggles, um, but you can see how, how God has, has done that in other couples' lives as well and brought them through, through some really, really hard times. God, God can use other couples, God can use your past to strengthen you in the present. You can look back and say, okay, God has worked, God has worked in our lives in this way, and he can help us now. He's worked in this couple's life in the past. He can work in us now. You know, in your health, you can be going through a, a health struggle, a, a health trial. And, and I know in this room, there, there have been some, some health struggles, and there, there are some here right now, whether it's you or, or a family member. They're going through some health struggles right now, health trial. But you can look back and you can see how God has provided for you in your health. You can look back and see how God has provided for some in, in this room uh, to go through some extremely, extremely difficult times, some extremely hard times. And knowing, knowing that, that God gave them the grace or gave you the grace to get through that trial, that can help strengthen your faith during this present struggle, during this present trial that should strengthen your faith because God has worked in, in your past. You know, you, you think about our country. Trying to have faith in, in our country right now uh, is pretty difficult. But I, I'm thankful our, our, faith, our faith doesn't lie on, on who is in the White House or, or who is in power right now. Our faith is reliant upon the one who has taken care of our country from day to day for, for all of its existence. Our, our country has, has always dealt with sin. We, we've always had struggles with sin. Um, and they're becoming less and less who are, are trusting the one that can deal with that sin. And it, it, it does. It looks dark. But again, a, a faith in God doesn't mean that there are not going to be hard times and that hard times are, are going to continue. But what is essential is we need to have faith in the God who, who can deliver America, who, who has helped America in the past. And that God doesn't change. And we can, we can place our trust and our faith in, in our leader, in God. So you, 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 can, you can go through many, many areas. And you, you can mention all of these things. But you may say, okay, it's, it's going to take a miracle for, for my faith to strengthen in those areas. Well, we serve a God who, who can work miracles, who, who has made miracles happen. The, the God that walked on water, that raised Lazarus, that fed the 5,000, is the same God that can give you strength and can strengthen your faith in your present struggle, in your trial. God can strengthen your, your faith in your present struggle. We may not see that the same types of miracles that we did back then, um, that it, it doesn't happen that often. We, but we could go around the room tonight 
And I think you'd be amazed at the miracles that, that God has, has done in the lives represented here. Don't, don't get so caught up in your present struggle of faith and in this trial, in this hard trial, that you fall prey to the mundane miracle mindset. And thinking that, that God's miracles don't apply to your faith today. Don't lose sight of what God has done in your life in the past. Just, just through your salvation, God has done an incredible thing in your life. You know, some, some people's testimony is, is more amazing than others, but really, it's all the same. Because we, we, we were um, sinful, we were uh, bound for eternity, going to hell with no hope, no hope of eternity with God. We are just as sinful as, as anyone else, and yet God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross to save us from our sins. And, and he has brought us from no good, nobodies to now getting to spend eternity with him. That's incredible. That's a great story. And we didn't do anything to deserve that. That's incredible to me. That's incredible to me that we have a God like that. And if it were just that, that should strengthen our faith and what God is going to do in our present, in our future. But God has done so many other things in our lives. And he's worked miracles in our lives, whether you want to admit it or not. God has worked miracles in your life. Your present and, and even future faith can be strengthened when you focus on what God has done for you in the past. I want to say that again because it's important. Your present and future faith can be strengthened when you focus and are thankful for what God has done in your life in the past. One of my favorite songs is called, With All the Many Miracles. And there's several verses to this song, but I, I just want to read to you the, the lyrics of this song as, as, we, as we close. It says, Like when we were about to die, manna fell from the sky. Then water came from a dry, old, dusty rock. And back when Pharaoh was closing in, God closed the sea again, but not before we all had safely crossed. So here you are, my friend. You face a battle you cannot win. You tell yourself there's just no need to try. But consider how good God's been. He's been faithful time and again. You must believe, and here's the reason why. With all the many miracles, why don't you think it's possible? With all the many things we've seen, why do you think it's just a dream? With all the things he's done for us, don't you think it's time we trust? Remember what is possible with all the many miracles. Are you struggling right now to trust God in your, your present struggle, a health trial, in a financial trial, a struggling relationship? Whatever it is, focusing on what God has done in the past can strengthen your faith in the present trial. If God has proven himself true in your past, then he can do the same in your present and in your future. You just have to trust him. Your, pre your present and even future faith can be strengthened when you focus and are thankful for what God has done for you in the past. Let's stand. We're going to have a verse of invitation. But maybe tonight you need to be reminded of something that God has done in your past let that strengthen your faith in this present struggle you're going through. Maybe you just need to be thankful for how God has worked in your past and, and ask him to, 
bring those things to mind when you go through a struggle. Whatever it is, then give it to God tonight and entrust him with, with your present struggle. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this truth. And I'm thankful that um, you, you, don't, you don't just expect us to read your word and, and just that be enough for us to trust you. And, and you, you, give us, you give us works that you did in the past. You, you work in our life in the past, in the present. And you give us those things uh, that we can look back and say, well, you've worked in this way. And so I can trust you in this trial. I can trust you in this struggle. And I'm thankful for that. And you know, you know our struggles. You know how we can struggle. And I'm thankful that you make it easy for us to trust you when we look at what you've done in the past. And so I pray you help us to look at the miracles that you've wrought in our lives in the past. And let that strengthen our trust in you uh, during our present struggles right now. So I pray that you'll have your will and your way in this invitation tonight. It's in your name I pray. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.